You're listening to the Get Clitorate Podcast, a space dedicated to the female experience. I'm your host, holistic health practitioner and women's sexual health expert, Callie Shea. In today's episode of Get Clitorate, I'm chatting with a dear friend, a client, and a fucking amazing human being, Hannah. We are talking about astrology and how this relates to our own flow and alignment in our lives, as well as in our relationships and in the bedroom. We have gone ahead and linked all of Hannah's social media and her website in the show notes. So if you wanted to reach out to her for a reading or learn more about her courses, that will all be listed there. I also highly recommend checking out her membership site called Saturn Social Club. I am a member and I cannot say enough good things about it. It is $7 a month for tons of education around astrology as well as new moon and full moon calls. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. So today I'm joined by Hana from The Road to Hana, and she is going to tell us everything about astrology in relation to sex and intimacy, compatibility, all of that stuff. So Hana, thank you so much for being here and doing this podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So we first want to know like who you are, kind of like a little bit about your story and what you do. Um, so we'll jump in there. Yeah, so as you said, my name is Hana, and I'm a writer, astrologer, and spiritual mentor. And my mission in my, in my work is really to help people tap into their inner power and create their dream lives. And while this sounds very vague and lofty and something that, you know, sounds great, I truly believe that we as individuals have so much power within us. And we have so much potential to do good both for ourselves and this world. And so I love to teach my clients and share new tools um, about how to use spirituality as a method to creating the best lives that we can for ourselves. Mm, I love it. So how did you get started in astrology? I know you talked a little bit about this on your stories, but um, I would love to get like the whole picture. Totally. So uh, growing up, I was always kind of fascinated with astrology. Uh, my mom always had an interest in it as well. And we would like read our horoscopes and magazines and we would have or like look at little things that had our sun signs. Um, but I remember always reading about astrology and thinking it was really interesting. But at the same time, looking at my sign, which is Aries and being like, but I don't really resonate with like the typical description of an Aries. Mm -hmm. So there was a part of me growing up that was like, well, maybe astrology is just like this fake personality typing and it's not completely accurate. And then towards the end of 2017, I started to kind of get more into it. I was surrounded by a lot of people who were into it and introduced me to the idea of the natal chart. And then for my birthday in 2018, my mom actually gifted me a reading with an astrologer here in my area. And I went into this reading knowing very little, but being totally open and just wanting to see what came up. And in these two and a half hours, I was just completely blown away. This astrologer who I'd never met before was able to tell me so many things about myself. And it wasn't just putting on a magic show. I mean, there was that element of like, how does she know these things? Mm -hmm. But it gave me such a sense of understanding of myself because I was able to recognize, okay, so this is why I'm this way. And this is why I have a tendency to feel these certain feelings or do these certain things. And I also understood why I wasn't a typical Aries. And so I was able to get this really holistic picture of the different parts of myself. And for me, 
I saw it as an opportunity to kind of reinvent my self-care and to realize that I could love all these parts of myself because they weren't things that just, you know, happened by chance. They were integral parts of who I was. And when I saw them in this context, it really helped me to understand things. So from there, I left that reading feeling completely inspired. I literally went to the store and bought astrology books and started reading blogs and pot listen to podcasts and was just going full speed into my journey so I'm completely self-taught and started my practice um, of actually seeing clients in the summer of 2019 so only just about a year later and I'm still blown away by what it's grown into <laughs> so you mentioned that you you question like the validity of it when you were younger. So what do you say to people who now are like, astrology is not real or like, this doesn't make any sense or it's just like mumbo jumbo. Like, what do you say to that? So the first thing that I say is just acknowledging that I have so much compassion for where that comes from because I completely understand I've been there. Um, what astrology has become in the West or in the United States in you know, Western countries is something that is more commercialized. It's something that's used for entertainment. It is something that is seen as mostly personality typing. So a lot of people have this view of astrology as, oh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of gimmicky. And they're not wrong for feeling that way because that's how it's portrayed a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. However, what I've noticed in my studies is when you look back to the origins of astrology and where it originated in the East and you look at areas like Egypt and you look at um, India and you even look at China, which has its own form of astrology, you can see that these practices have such deep ties. They were used as methods of scientific analysis in their own right. And they were used for making big decisions and in so many complex ways. So for me, I always start that conversation by saying, okay, I understand why you feel that way. But then I love to kind of open up the conversation to one of education of, but this is what astrology can look like. This is what real astrology can look like because yes, it can be fun, but at the same time, there's so much more to it. So I love to have that conversation of just breaking things down, explaining what it could look like. And if people are really skeptical, I'll be like, hey, well, let's do like a little five minute reading. Let's chat. Mm -hmm. And if what I'm saying based on your chart is completely wrong, doesn't resonate at all, then okay, you can believe that astrology is bogus. But if it's right and it's accurate, then we can entertain this conversation and this idea. And I would say 99% of the time people leave being like, oh my God, this is so different than what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest criticism of astrology I also hear is that it's a belief system. And quite frankly, it's not. A lot of people say, I believe it in astrology or I don't believe in astrology. And to me, I don't like to look at it that way because astrology is just a tool. It is another tool you can use for a variety of different things. It's not something that you can or really should put your entire like faith and stake into. It's just something that can help you out when you choose to use it. Mm -hmm. So in what... Sorry, my mind's like racing with so many questions <laughs> from that. Like that was oh, just brilliant. Um, so when do you feel like it's a reasonable tool to use versus like when, I guess, when would you use it and when would you not use it? I mean, it really depends on 
what you're seeking from it. I think it's something that you can use day to day to make small Mm -hmm. decisions such as, okay, well, how should I plan or structure my day? And I love to kind of provide this information for people on my Instagram. I create these daily horoscopes based on the moon. And that's a great way to just kind of check what your energy and intention and flow is for the day and say, okay, maybe I'm going to take a little bit of a quieter day because the energies are a little intense or no, this is a good day to buckle down and get things done. Um, We can also use astrology for making larger decisions such as when's the best day to get married or when should I launch my business Mm -hmm. or or when should I, you know, buy a home or try to have a baby? So we can use it as a predictive method in that sense. And there's so many ways that astrology can also be used. We can use it for investing. We can use it for um, selling. It's like, it's like can be used for pretty much everything. Um, But I think the biggest thing to consider when you are trying to use astrology as a tool in that sense is to remember that astrology doesn't take into account two things. One, a fixed timeline and two, free will. So by free will, I mean your personal autonomy and capacity to make your own decisions. So whenever you're using astrology, always take it with a grain of salt. Always know that it's not like gospel. It's not what you have to follow 110%. And also know that while we can, as astrologers, predict loose timelines for things like, okay, this might be a couple different favorable days, or this might be a general time frame where something could happen. Um, life has a way of working out however it should, and time is always flexible. So again, take it with a grain of salt when you're using it as a tool to kind of line up with certain events. Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, I use, I feel like I've talked about this in my stories before, but like I use the magic of eye planner mm-hmm. and love it. You and I have talked about this. I love it. It is, it tells me kind of like what you said, the energy of the day, what's going to go, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and I definitely like pre- plan my business plan, you know, yeah. certain like launches or things like that around just how things are feeling. Cause I know that I'm very impacted by changes. Every single time I'm like having an off day, I feel like I text you and I'm like, what's going on? And then you explain it and it makes total sense. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, while, you know, we can argue that, okay, maybe the planets don't have this direct effect on us. Like when we're in touch with astrology, we'll start to feel it so deeply and we're able to notice patterns and things. So for people who tend to be a little bit more Um, logical minded with astrology, it's like, okay, well, just, just follow the natural human instinct to look towards patterns and try to find the patterns and see how it lines up with the energy. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice that it coincides together with astrology more often than not. Yeah. We even planned our wedding around like our September fingers crossed. We shall see um our September wedding around like our, I talked to my astrologist first. I was like, I have to, I have to know what's going on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's it's totally important, at least for people like you and me, like it's so important to plan these things. Like every time I have a business launch, I am checking the astrology of that. And if it's not good, I will move the date. Like it's so important to me to make sure that things are lined up um, astrologically. And also just from my own personal alignment as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I, you know, your energy, whenever, you know, your intention and your energy behind everything you do is so, is so important. And that's something I've really learned in the past six months or so. And I think that it also helps me validate like the headspace that I'm going to be in for whatever's going on. Like for my wedding, I want to know that like, this is a solid day. Like I can feel really good. My intention going into it can be really good. 
um, versus being like, I don't know, is today up in the air, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And one way to kind of think of that is like, there's a basic law of physics that's like everything is energy. Your energy, I'm energy. This room we're in is energy. Um, the planets have energy. And so that energy is always moving and always taking different forms. So you want that energy to be aligned with your highest potential and your um, desired outcome for any given situation or day. And so astrology, astrology is just a mechanism for kind of bridging that gap between the energy and also like the logical um, part of ourselves that wants to plan things. Mm-hmm, totally. So when we get a reading, whether it's like, okay, I'm looking at my planner and it's telling me today is going to be a, a moody all over the place day or chaotic or whatever. Should I just write that day off and just be done with it and be like, well, today's a, a shit day according to, um, you know, my planner, my astrology, um, or what, how do you adapt to, to that sort of thing? Especially like I think about like Mercury retrograde and people are just like, well, th- this time period's fucked. Like we're in record yeah. in Mercury retrograde. How do you recommend like adjusting your life or your, your day-to-day, your plan to that sort of thing? I think it's a matter of being flexible and not being so set in your ways that you can't adapt to the moment. So the one thing that I will tell my clients is like, don't feel like you have to throw your whole day or your whole schedule or your whole plan out the window. Um, That's kind of unrealistic because at the end of the day, every single day is going to have its unique set of astrological challenges. You're not going to have a perfect day. It's just impossible. So do what you can and get your obligations done. Sometimes we can't help but have something that has to launch during a Mercury retrograde. And if that's unavoidable, that's fine. There's ways to work around it. So I always say like, you know, get what needs to be done, done. And if you can't avoid it, that's fine. At the same time, be flexible and be willing to let your personal intention and energy meet that of the day. So if you have this day where cosmically, you know, okay, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. I might feel a little lethargic. I might feel um, kind of down and you're going about your day and it's feeling great. You're getting things done. And then all of a sudden you just hit this wall. Well, then maybe see if you can take a moment to just step back and just take some time for yourself. Don't feel like you have to go 110% every single day. And I think that's a good lesson that I've been trying to learn, um, whether it pertains to astrology or not, is just remember to be flexible and to take care of yourself um, because you never know what challenges are going to arise. And even if you can see it with astrology, um, sometimes we can feel it a little more deeper than we think we will. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, to what extent, I feel like we touched on this a little bit, but I want to ask this specifically, like, to what extent do you think we should adjust or plan our lives around astrology? Like how much should I take that into consideration when planning things out? Hmm. You know, I think it depends on the person. I think for me, because I can only really speak to my personal experience, the big things that I can have a sense of control over I will use astrology to guide them. So again, things like business launches or things like a wedding, really big milestone moments that I have a say on the date, I will 100% use astrology to predict those. At the same time, if that day starts to come and I am not having it that day, it is not feeling good, my energy sucks, I can move it. 
And obviously with things like a wedding, it's a little more difficult, but like a business launch, <laughs> yeah, move that around. If you can change that event, do it. Um, one thing that I've done for a couple of my clients is predict when their babies will be born. Um, women who are pregnant and they have like their timeline or their due date of like, okay, my baby's supposed to come this day. We can kind of predict, okay, well, here are some possible days that it could happen, but mm-hmm. also be willing to things look, be but also be open to things looking different than you think they yeah. would or be open to the date changing a little bit. So again, I think my general advice is do what you're comfortable with, but also take things with a grain of salt. And again, just be flexible, be open to changing because there's no way with astrology to 100% predict the optimal day and timing because of the fact that our energy and our personal intention and our free will in that will really kind of play a significant role also in the outcomes that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So to totally switch gears here, I want to jump into like compatibility and love and sex and astrology's role in, in those topics. So do you think that someone's chart plays a role in compatibility? Cause you know, there's always like the running joke of like, she asked me for my birth time, like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. What weight do you put into someone's chart and their compatibility? Um, I mean, personally, quite a bit. I got my now boyfriend's natal chart and birth info before I would even go on a date with him. (laughs) So, you know, no shame in that. I was like, okay, I need this if I'm even going to consider going on a date with you. Um, But the one thing I will say is that I get a lot of people who ask me like, oh, I'm a Pisces and I'm going on a date with a Gemini. Does this mean it's going to be terrible? And what I believe about that is that sun sign compatibility is kind of BS. Like it's not mm-hmm. really a thing because I like to look at the sun as like a big picture overview of who we are. So it's like taking the whole chart and condensing it into one sign. It's like our ego, it's our dominant personality traits, but it's not who we are. It's just like a nice like bird's eye view of things. And so that's where I think compatibility using astrology gets really warped because people will have this idea of, well, my sign's not supposed to be compatible with my partners, but we work. And that's where we really need to take into account the whole natal chart. Um, the visual that's coming to mind as I'm saying this is like being in an airplane and looking outside the window and you see everything, like the loose figures of the different town or the city outside the window. And that's like looking at the sun sign and just looking at things on the surface level. But the natal chart allows us to really zoom in and see the individual buildings and see the streets and the cars and the people that go by. Mm. It's like taking that really close look at things. And so All that to say, the only way to tell if two people are going to be compatible or not is through looking at both of their natal charts and what's called a synastry. So essentially you take both of their charts and you stack them on top of one another and see how they overlay. Now, the thing with synastry too that I like to say, and I'm a firm believer in this, is that I've never come across a synastry chart where it's like this 100% cannot work. And I don't think that there is a synastry chart that exists that will show that two people absolutely cannot work. It'll show where people can have challenges. It'll show where they will find harmony and success. But I think relationships too are also like the energy that you put into them. Again, that idea of free will, like if you are willing to work with things and willing to make it work, then the synastry can be super awesome. And so all that to say, 
um, I think that astrology can have a really profound impact on our relationships and our compatibility, not so much from the sense of saying yes or no, these people will be compatible, but from the sense of saying, okay, well, here's what you need to do in order to make this relationship work in the best way that's in alignment for both of these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally get that because you know, I, when I was younger, I definitely identify with like being a Leo sun sign. I was like, I am such a Leo. Like I want to be the center of attention. And it's funny because as I've gotten older, not that I don't identify with that. Like I read like Leo things or like Leo memes and I'm like, that's so me. Um, but you know, I, I see, I don't feel like as full-blown Leo as I am like, as I used to, you know, I just don't, there's just things about it. Like, oh, I don't really, I don't really need to be the center of attention anymore. And like those things are, have kind of faded as I have grown into myself more. And I see more of like my rising and, you know, my moon signs and things like that. I see those, those start to play maybe also just like getting to know myself better. You know, I'm starting to see those influences more. Um, but I, I can't imagine just saying like, oh, I'm dating someone who's X sign. Like we're not compatible because you're right. Like it doesn't, I know personally, like that does not define me. Yeah. And it's like, we are such complex beings. We have so many different facets to our personalities and to who we are and our interests that it's kind of silly to just look at one like 24th of the puzzle and judge whether or not we're going to get along with someone just based on that. Like there's so much more that goes into account. We are such complex beings. And so understanding our complexities and how they can or can't work together is I think really at the root of what synastry and compatibility is about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like laughing a little bit because when I was in high school, <laughs> so when I was like, I would like somebody or I would date them or whatever, I would go on just on Google and I'd be like, Leo woman with Taurus man. And I would like read the compatibility. Like, you know, that's, it's long, like they will have like oh, yeah. long compatibility, um, like, uh, like blogs about this. And I was so into that. And that was like the only determinant of like me dating someone or not. I'd be like, okay, we're going to be great in the bedroom. And I was like, first of all, girly, you are 14, like calm down. <laughs> like, what are you looking at? Oh my God. I know exactly which blog you're talking about. It's like, you can enter like the sun sign of the woman, the sun sign of the man. Yes. Because I did that too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fantastic I I just remember that like I would do it any anytime I liked a guy I'd be like I'd yeah. go on his Facebook like find his birth date and then type that in um and but actually I will say I tend to date a lot of Tauruses so I don't know what that's about I mean I will say that I think we do have like certain patterns and we do tend to gravitate mm-hmm. towards certain people um when we look at our actually if you're looking at your natal chart there's something called the descendant and it sits right across from the ascendant or the rising so the ascendant or the rising is a horizontal line um, and it starts in the first house is where your ascendant is and then your descendant goes across the same horizon of the chart to your seventh house the house of relationships and the descendant represents the type of people that we are attracted to and the type of people that we tend to go for so a lot of the time I've noticed a pattern of someone's descendant representing the type of person or the sun sign of people that they tend to go for um, I know for me personally 
my descendant is in Scorpio and I've always felt a strong attraction to Scorpio men. Now, did it ever work well? No, but, <laughs> but there was that attraction there. And so that can kind of give us a little bit of an indication of why we might go for people with a specific sun sign. And I am almost certain that your descendants in Taurus. <laughs> now I got to pull it up. Hold on. I got to pull up my, the only place I have my chart is my co-star. You're a Scorpio it- rising though, right? Yes, I am. So then your descendant would be in Taurus. Oh, well, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I feel like everyone I did. I mean, Jake's a Taurus. I, right. it never surprises me. I, like if I like start talking to a guy and like, I'm a Taurus. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. This checks out. <laughs> I, I, I so sympathize with that. For me, it was always like Pisces and Scorpios. Like, I don't know what it was, just something about them. But then now I'm with a Gemini and I don't quite know how that happened, but it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's working. So it doesn't have to make sense. Exactly. (laughs) So when it comes to like dating sex, you know, really starting to cultivate a relationship with someone, how do you use astrology or recommend someone use astrology to enhance that, to make that, you know, maybe make it a little more seamless, like make, you know, the bedroom seem a little the bedroom scene, a good thing I can talk, um, a little more spicy. Like how do you use that? So the first thing that I recommend doing is understanding several different placements in your own chart first. Mm -hmm. So in terms of sex and bedroom life, look at your Mars and your eighth house. The eighth house is the house of sex and transformation. So look at what's going on in that planet and that house. And start to understand those placements. Mars is our passion. It's our drive. It's our assertiveness. It's also our sexual energy as well. So when we can see those two placements and begin to understand those really deeply, that can tell us how we are in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're thinking about, okay, but how do we need to be treated by a partner? Um, Look to Venus for that. Venus is the planet of love and beauty and pleasure. And it's our feminine receptive energy. So Mars is actually the masculine and Venus is the feminine. So you can think of Mars as like, okay, well, what do you do in the bedroom? Like, what is the action that you take? What do you like to give? And Venus could be, well, how do you like to receive that pleasure back? Mm -hmm. And what do you like from your partner? Then once you've kind of figured that out, you can also look towards your partners as well and potentially do a synastry, see where they line up, see what's going on in your guys' collective eighth house. That will really set the tone for your sex life. And then also look at how your Mars and Venuses line up and where you two can find harmony in those different placements. No, I mean, that's, I think that's so powerful too, because you often think about you know, something that often comes up in relationships is talking about your love languages and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, like p- people often give the love language that they le- that they like to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I love like words of affirmation. So I tend to give that, but Jake doesn't receive that the way I do. He would mm-hmm. prefer like uh, acts of service. And I wonder how that would correlate with our charts. And now I'm like thinking like, I'm like, okay, I got to go look at these. <laughs> I think it really depends on the houses that those placements Mm -hmm. fall into, Um, because I definitely believe that when it comes to love languages, that we have a way of giving love and we also have a way of receiving it. Mm -hmm. So I think our primary love language is how we receive love, but I think how we give love can be seen through our Mars sign and 
really how we express it in that way. So for example, I have Mars conjunct my ascendant. So I have Mars in the first house in Taurus. So for me, the way that I show love is through gifts and through nice things and little surprises for my partner because Taurus rules over material assets and luxuries and all of the kind of finer things in life. So I love to myself, the ascendant being the sense of self, give that to my partner. Um, Or for example, if someone has their Mars say in the, oh gosh, in the ninth house, Um, they might really love to travel and go do things with their partner. They show love to their partner by giving them new experiences in life or opening their eyes to new things. Um, Mars in the third house could be words of affirmation, mentally stimulating your partner in that way. So paying attention to the house that Mars is in can we give that indication of how you give love. And then the same for Venus can be said for how you receive it. Interesting. I'm like, I can't wait to get to go look at our charts now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so curious now too. I know. I know. Uh, I'll send it to you. I'll just, we should do an episode where you just break down my chart and just tell me all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would love that. That'd be so fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, Yeah, I would love that. So I loved how you connected the, the Mars and the Venus to the feminine and masculine energy. I think that really clicked for me in terms of how we give and how we receive. Um, and I think that's just like, so powerful to understand that about you and your significant other, because that is often a huge disconnect. I see like with my clients who are, you know, talking about, um, intimacy and connection with their partners is not being able to like understand what their partner needs or being able to ask their needs. So I think that that's just a a very powerful tool. Um, So if someone wanted to learn more about this aspect of their chart, is that something you do? Is that something they can look up all of the above? Yeah, all of the above. Um, You know, when it comes to looking it up, I think you'll find very loose interpretations. I think if you have the means um, to whether that's time, energy, um, finances to invest in working with an astrologer, I think it can be super beneficial for just understanding the dynamics between you and your partner. Like even as an astrologer myself, I've gotten a synastry reading from me and my partner to understand it from someone else's perspective. So yes, I do offer synastry services and I do break down all of these things on how to really create that um, or create the most success in people's relationships in this way. Yeah. I think it's just a great tool. Absolutely. So where can we find you, promote all of your stuff, tell us about all your offers, all that good stuff. Totally. So I can be found almost everywhere at The Road to Hana. Hana spelled like Hannah. So Instagram, Facebook, my website, theroadtohana.com. TikTok's The Road to Hana underscore because someone's impersonating me on TikTok. (laughs) That's a whole long story. Fuck that. (laughs) I'd I'd be over there like, hi, can I um, buy this, please? I've. I've been trying for months and the picture that they use as their profile picture is like a picture of me from like high school. So I don't know. Oh, so like you were serious. It really is someone trying to improve. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're following like people that I was friends with in high school. Like it's very much like a high school era Hana account. I don't know what's going on, but TikTok won't give it to me. So who knows? (laughs) I thought you were like, you're like, yeah, someone's impersonating me. Like, no, they really are. it's it's been a whole a whole story that'll likely never get resolved but over there I'm at the road to Hana underscore um 
And if you're interested in learning more about astrology, you want to dive in, see how it can help you. I actually have a signature program called Astrology Basics, where I break down all of the essentials of astrology, taking you from someone who potentially knows nothing to then becoming an astrologer if you want, or someone who's just really knowledgeable in this field. Um, we have over 1,200 students who've gone through the Holy program. shit. I love that. It's nuts. It's insane. And so many of them have actually gone on to start astrology careers of their own. So all of that information is on my website as well as my Instagram. And <laughs> for information on readings, that can be found on my website as well. Yeah, do a reading with her. She's amazing. Life-changing. Oh, of course. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a joy to have you here. And thanks for letting me pick your brain a little bit about this. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure and so much fun. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Get Cliterate Podcast. We release a new episode every single week, so go ahead and hit subscribe. We'd love for you to leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. You can learn more about myself, your host, Callie Shea, by visiting my website, callieshea.com, or by visiting my Instagram, at Callie Shea. If you want to stay in the loop with what's happening on the podcast, you can follow at Get Cliterate on Instagram.